Hello, and welcome to the First Prez OC Podcast. My name is Gabe Perez, as always. Um, This week we are in our origin series, week number six, specifically looking at the parable of the sower of seeds and just a lot of seed parables that Jesus is laying down. Um, Lots of meaning to them, kind of confusing for everybody, but just a really, really fun time looking at these. I hope you guys all get blessed by this whenever and wherever you're listening to it, and I hope you guys can just join us uh, starting off this podcast with some worship music, praising the Lord. Okay, go too. Go for it.
shine on me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy. Jesus, speak to us. Speak to us individually in our hearts. Let us not leave here without hearing a lesson and growing in wisdom and stature in you, Lord. Do a work, Holy Spirit, in mind, and we pray. Amen. 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 All of chapter 4 today, so we're going to try and go through this ASAP Rocky, okay? Um, so last week we talked about um, Jesus choosing his disciples, right? Um, and obviously people are hey girls, I need you to focus if we're going to get through this. I need you guys locked in. Cool? Um, so last week, Jesus talked about, uh, or we talked about Jesus choosing his disciples, um, people calling Jesus crazy, or he, that he was using demonic powers. Um, and then he refutes all of it by explaining that it's nonsense to use the devil's power against the devil. And then he also talks about how... Um, He's like the family of God are those that do God's will, all right? So that's a little bit of a brief update about what we did um, last week. And this week, um, Jesus is talking a whole lot about seeds. Um, so everybody say seeds for me. Seeds. Seeds. Yes. Um, all right, so um, we are going to be walking through a lot of parables today. We're walking through the whole chapter four because all of it is all related. So we're trying to like get one big chunk of like this massive timeline and a story all together, all right? So we're going to jump into Mark one, uh, or Mark 4, 1 through 9, all right? I'm just going to read off of here. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him uh, was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it uh, out on the lake while the people were along the, shores, uh, at, along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out um, to sow his seed. 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds ate, uh, came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and, uh, and, choked, uh, and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still another seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. So if you were like people in Jesus' time, and you just read that, you're like, oh man, I don't know what Jesus is talking about. Spread the seeds. That's great. Um, some of you guys might have already heard this story. You probably have heard it a lot. It's actually not an uncommon thing. But hindsight's actually twenty twenty, so you can look back and you can say, oh, I know what the story is about. I know what he's saying. But I encourage you guys, just because you might have already heard some of the stories before, especially about Jesus, we hear a lot of stories about things that he did, and very specific stories like you know, the four soils, and we're going to be talking about that today. But just because you already have a previous knowledge or previous experience with it, I encourage you guys to just come in it with open ears and have a different perspective and almost like you're wanting to learn it like all brand new, okay? Um, so we're going to kind of jump into it. And so he actually, right after this, explains the whole meaning of this parable to his disciples. But before we get into the meaning or the describing a parable, I want to tell you guys about what a parable actually is. It is a, a illustration, a, a story, basically, or um, uh, an analogy, and you know, a lot of different words you can say, but it's a story that has a heavenly meaning, all right? So it's, it's a, an earthly story that has heavenly meaning. And Jesus spoke in parables all the time. And if you guys didn't already know that this was actually an old, um, uh, not, uh, it was an old way of doing things that the rabbis actually did in Bible times as well. So Jesus is teaching in parables. And actually, that's why a lot of people called him teacher or rabbi as well, because he taught like one of the teachers of the law. And so he's following in that same rabbinic teaching, rabbinic teaching of using parables to explain um, divine meaning to stuff. Okay, so that's what a parable is and that's what all this stuff is. So Jesus goes to explain the parable because guess what? No one understands what he's saying and including his disciples. And so that's what we're kind of jumping into Mark 4.10. All right. So while he was alone, the 12 and the others uh, and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that, quote, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, do you under, uh, do you, don't you understand this parable? How often then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed falling along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and snatches, uh, or some, uh, sorry, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for things uh, come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. All right. It's a lot. I know. Um, we're going to kind of walk through that when we keep track of everything. So Jesus gives a clear explanation of the seeds, which is obviously God's word, and the different types of soil and the results of them. Um, but he also, he prefaces this explanation by saying that there's going to be people that are seeing but never, un like, they're, they're seeing but never perceiving. They're hearing but never understanding. And he kind of gives this quote of the, an Old Testament prophecy, actually. And it, it's a prophecy from Isaiah. And God gave that prophecy, to the same exact thing to Isaiah about the people of Israel back in the Old Testament. Okay, And so this prophecy about what he's talking about is meaning that, hey, you guys, and he says, all, everybody else, I'm only going to be spoken into parables. But to you guys, you, my inner circle, my disciples that are here, I'm going to speak clearly to you. 
And he's saying that, and he clarifies and uses this prophecy because he's pointing out that basically, if he's even if he were to explain everything to everybody, not everybody's going to actually get it because they might think that they're listening and understanding, but they, they're listening, but they're not fully getting it. They might see, but they don't really fully grasp what they're looking at. And so that's why he's saying that, hey, I'm going to explain it to you guys because you guys are my, my inner circle here, so you guys can have some clarity. But he's also kind of like, hey, you guys should also understand this too. I shouldn't have to explain this to you. It's like, don't you understand this parable? How will you ever understand any parable? And so there's a little bit of like Jesus trying to just get his team caught up to base. He's like, come on, guys, you guys got to get this. But he's also pointing out that the people that he's trying to teach to there's a lot of them that are there that he's trying to teach and share parables with that they're trying to understand and they're listening to Jesus, but they don't really understand Jesus. They're looking at the things that he's doing, but they don't realize who he is or what his mission is or why he's doing it. So there's a lot of people that are gathered around Jesus. Like, like we talked about, they crowd him so much that they're lined up on the seashore that he has to actually just go out on a boat just to be able to teach because everyone is crowding him all the time. There's that many people around him. But very few of those people that are actually around him are going to fully understand the message that he's saying and the reason why he's come. And we're going to see a lot of that a little bit later, right? So, um, and he's also kind of pointing out a very central point that knowing doesn't equal understanding. So just because you know something doesn't mean you fully understand something, okay? Perfect example. My wife is going to have a baby here in a few months, all right? So... Whenever you learn about how babies are made and the anatomy that like goes on and like this crazy thing, you're like, man, women can have babies. That's awesome. Like you can know about that. Like you can know that process, but until you're like living through it, until you're like someone that is alongside what's happening. Like I thought I knew about pregnancy to be honest with you guys. I really did. I'll tell you what, it is wild and weird. <laughs> it's really no, no, it's really cool. It's not a bad thing. I'm saying like it's it's wild and weird in an awesome way. I just never I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, like, you know, women they grow like a literally an extra organ and like your guys' abs literally split just to make room for a baby. And you're like, you're like imagine the feeling of your abs expanding and literally splitting. Like, what the heck is that, dude? Like that's, that's wild, bro. It's just like, what? It's just, it's just, what, what did I say? No, I know. But like, it's amazing though. Like imagine your abs splitting, dude. Like, but like, no, that's like the weirdest part for me. Like that, not only, but, but imagine, no, no, listen, listen. Imagine you can like feel a baby moving inside of somebody and you're like, like it's like an actual person living inside of another person. <laughs> I know. I But listen, so that's what I'm saying, guys. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. And until you're around somebody that's been through that, or you yourself have been through that, or obviously, obviously, I can't. I literally, as a man, cannot ever experience that. And I just, it's, I can't even fully understand that. But being as close as I possibly can to somebody who is going through that, very personally, my wife, it's just a wild thing. And because I can learn about it all I want through school, I did multiple years, but it didn't fully come full circle until you're actually around somebody who's like in that situation. And it's very similar to exactly what Jesus is pointing out. There's a lot of people that are very close to Jesus. They're listening to every single word he's saying. They're listening to every little detail. They say, oh, he told me a parable about some seeds. But guess what? They think it's about seeds. They're not understanding that there's something else. They don't get the wider picture. And Jesus is pointing out that there's a lot of people that are ever hearing but never understanding. They're ever listening or ever seeing but never perceiving. They're, they're, they can look at it, but they don't have the full capacity to know what they're even looking at. And so some do and some don't. And that's the reason that he points out. And he's pointing out that knowledge, just an, an awareness of God, an awareness and, and knowing what Jesus said, doesn't mean you fully understand what Jesus is saying. Right? There's a difference between just learning stuff and understanding what you're learning. So 
that's the context of what what he why he's speaking in parables and all those other different things. Um, it fulfills that prophecy, and it kind of acts really as a filter to like filter out people that they they can hear it and they'll understand it, and then most people are going to hear it and they're not going to get it. So there's a, bit, a little bit of a kind of a filter to understand that. Now, then he goes into all these four soils. All right, so obviously God's seed, the seed is the word of God, and then we're going to talk through all these things, right? So the hard soil, uh, the hard I call it ground because it literally doesn't take root at all. Um, the rocky ground because it, it's not like actual soil. It literally talks about rocky stuff. It takes root, but it just gets pulled up. Thorny soil and good soil, all right? So the hard path where that seed might fall, this is where the word of God lands in somebody's life or their heart, but the devil attacks and takes it away. This could be people that might hear about God, about Jesus, about the, the good news, the gospel itself, but they don't actually accept it. They can have an awareness of it. They, they've heard these things before, but they don't accept it at all. They're just like, ah, okay. Hey, Jesus loves me. Cool, Jesus is some guy I don't know. All right. Or hey, man, like God offers you forgiveness. He was like, why do I need forgiveness? You see, there, there's a, there, that's where the, the rocky part is where uh, someone's life or their heart, they can hear the, God, the truth of God, God's word, but it doesn't mean anything. It gets brushed away in seconds. It doesn't, doesn't actually land with them, right? So they hear it, but they don't accept it. But um, the rocky ground is in a very, very common one, I would say, is one that is really hard to avoid. Um, especially just in the world in general. These are people that hear God's word and they love they love and forgiveness. And they're like, oh man, that's great. Like God loves us. God like gives us forgiveness. God wants good things. He wants us to do good things. And we can be like, people can be excited about that. They're like, yeah. Like why is, oh, it's not a bad thing. God wants good things for us. He loves us. But the thing is they can hear it and they can even do those things. They're like, oh man, God wants me to love others. He wants me to serve and he wants to put other people before me. And oh man, God wants me to, to speak kindly to those around me. It's a lot of the doing. It's the looking at the actions that people view as good that God commands. And they're like, they hear those things, they think they're good and they continue on or they do them. They actually do those things. But the interesting thing is that they don't continue on doing it. Whenever thing, rocky ground actually comes, you can see that it's not fully accepted because it's something that they can look at and appreciate, but they don't actually make it part of their, full, their life. And they don't actually make a commitment to God. They take things of God that they like. Like, they're like, hey, God tells us to love others and to forgive and to you know, have a kindness in your heart and to take care of those that are lesser than you. And someone might be like, or this person might be someone who ag agrees with the things that the church does, like serving, like loving, like offering forgiveness. But they say, well, but I don't really want to like do everything for Jesus. So they'll, they'll take parts that they like from the Bible and take parts that they like from the church. But they're not actually accepting God. They don't really fully accept the message of Jesus. So it's, it's, a, it's an awareness, it's a, it's a hearing, and it's even a, a carrying out of some of the things, but they don't actually accept it for what it is. They hear it, they do it, but they don't accept it. All right. Next is the thorny soil. And I think this is a great example, um, obviously, is, is a person that hears the word of God. They actually accept it. They make it a part of who they are. It actually takes root, and they get excited about doing what God wants them to do. They're, they're actively doing what God, for a time, like they sprout up, they're, they're growing. That's what Jesus talks about, that, that takes root amongst the thorns. But the thing is, they don't continue on in doing it. They hear it, they accept it, they make it a part of who they are, and they start doing it, they start to grow. But then at a certain point, they stop, they get choked out. And so they still have a root. They're still rooted in that base in a faith in God. They still have accepted it, but they've stopped doing. They've stopped growing. They've stopped producing. So that's why Jesus talks about that kind of faith or that seed or that word of God that takes place there. It becomes unproductive and unfruitful. These would be people that are excited about their faith. They start growing. And then for whatever reason, they kind of stop 
really living for God. They might really love God. They might really appreciate what God's done for them. And they might have a genuine faith. But they're not doing anything with it. They're not living it out very well. They're not sharing their faith or even confident about their faith. They might, even be, they might not even be going to church. Because they have a faith. They have accepted God's word. And they know that Jesus is their savior. But they're not actually a part of what the church is doing. They're not living out their faith. Their faith has been choked out and is unproductive. And it's unproductive because it's not being shared with anybody. It's not doing anything. And obviously, lastly, is the good soil is someone that hears the word, accepts the word, does the word, and this is the differentiating factor. They continue on in doing it. They continuously live that out. They don't, they don't let it be a season for their life where they kind of keep it secret, but they continue on in the faith. They keep going with it, all right? So, and that's kind of why he talks about in verse 20 that that one who continues on in it produces a crop. They're able to multiply and share their faith with others for others to be able to have their own faith. That's the production that comes from that. All right? So then Jesus talks, after that, starts talking all kinds of parables and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're like, okay. He starts explaining a lot about seeds and a little bit of stuff about the soils after that. But we're going to jump into it. All right. Mark 4, 21 is where we're going. He said to them, Do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. Whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Whatever has will be given more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. So, basically, I'm just going to give you kind of a general summary, all right? Jesus is saying, I just explained to you the wisdom behind my parable. I'm sharing my wisdom and the understanding of my word to you. I'm sharing this with you. And if I'm sharing that with you, it shouldn't be something that you keep to yourself. That's what he's talking about. When you have a lamp, you don't just put it and hide it somewhere. When you have illumination in a dark place, you finally have a realization. You don't just keep that realization, that light to yourself. You share it. You bring it out for all, the, all others to see. And this is an example of a light and a lampstand being shown for everybody is multiple examples. Part of it is you know us living out our faith, and part of it is the church being a beacon of light for the world. And in this context, what Jesus is talking about, he's remember, he's talking about the soil, and he's explaining the meaning behind it, and understanding that it's God's word. He explains that to them, and he says, hey, now that I've explained this to you, don't hide it. Don't keep the wisdom of God that you know hidden. And when he talks about the measure that has been given to you, or whatever, the measure that you use will be given to you, He's not talking about like, hey, like the measurements or like how much you judge. He's not talking about judgment. He's talking about how much someone is actually utilizing that something. So let's say I'm given like a pair of shoes. It's like a really weird analogy. I'm just going to kind of go with it, right? So Jesus says, hey, I've given you shoes to run in. All right? Go run. But as much as you run, I'm also going to run double that for you, okay? So he's like, but if you don't use these shoes at all, if you don't use them, I'm going to take away the shoes you have too. And so he's talking about the wisdom of God. What you've been given, share that with others. And whenever we share, God also gives us more of his own wisdom as well. When we're diving into his word, when we're listening to what God has to tell us, and we're able to communicate that with others, God blesses us with more of his wisdom more of his insight into his word. It's a, it's a kind of cohesive thing. The more we seek him, the more we dive into his word, the more we're able to share that with others. He gives us more to share. He allows us to have more of his knowledge and wisdom to be able to share all the more. That's why he's saying the measure that you use, the amount that you're sharing will also be given to you. And not only that, if you don't share that word, if you're not digging into my word and understanding God's wisdom, the wisdom that you already have now is going to be taken away eventually. Imagine, imagine in this way. Some of you guys probably learned like earth sciences. I don't know if you guys have earned, learned earth sciences yet, 
Um, I learned earth sciences about, you know, plates and tectonic plates and volcanoes and the magma of the earth and all this other stuff. So that's literally all I remember from that entire class. <laughs> because guess what? I had an exposure to it, but I didn't utilize that knowledge at all. It was something that was there, but it's lost on me. Because it wasn't something that I maintained. It wasn't something that I kept up with. I didn't keep it as a part of my life. And it's similar with God's word and his wisdom. We'll glean stuff from it and we will gain stuff from it. I'm telling you guys. But guess what? You're going to, some lessons that you learn, you have to learn over and over and over again. I've, I've probably learned the same lesson a million times in my faith. One of those is I'm very critical of myself. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I like am very, very hard on myself about a lot of stuff. Um, and over and over and over again, God's had to remind me, Gabe, stop being so hard on yourself. He says, I forgive you and I love you and you don't need to be so critical all the time. And I'm just like, well, God, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not worthy. I'm messing up. I'm not doing good enough. And he says, Gabe, stop. You don't have to be good enough. But it's a lesson that he is, keeps reminding me. It's the same lesson. I'm, I'm not even kidding guys since the time I was your age. Like in middle school, I always felt like unworthy and undeserving. And God's continually, even like literally at our, my parent meeting tonight, God reminded me, stop being so critical. Stop looking at yourself so critically like that. And the thing is, the more we seek God, the more he's going to remind us and give us that wisdom that we need. But if we don't seek God, if we are not in his word, even the stuff that we know now, years later, we're going to forget it. That's why it's so important for you guys to be digging in your word and like getting a habit of getting into the Bible. Because when you get older and you're not used to doing it and no one else is helping you out, your faith is going to be really struggling. I promise you that. I'm not going to even sugarcoat that. Your faith is going to struggle if you're not in the word and don't make it a habit of that in your own life. All right. So that's... In the end, kind of what it goes down to also, the next point is that the word of God is meant to be shared. The word of God is meant to be shared. It's not something that we're meant to keep hidden away from other people. It's not something that we're supposed to say, oh, this is my faith. This is what God taught me. So I'm going to keep this to myself. But we, when we are taught something by God, we are able to share that and give that to others, both through how we live and both through how we talk. And not only that, for things that we literally share, God taught me this, God showed me this, God did this in my life. And sometimes maybe Andrew's really critical of himself and he's like talking to me about like, man, Gabe, I just, I'm like so pissed off, man. Like I just, I messed up with my soccer game and like I you know, fell on my bike like 10 times and I'm just not, I like, I just suck, man. I'm just not good. And I can look at Andrew and say, hey, man, stop saying that. God doesn't view you that way. God doesn't say you suck. God doesn't say you're not worthy. God says you are worthy and you are loved. And because I've learned that, I'm able to remind him of that. I'm not saying, hey, God taught me this, bro. And he's like, oh, thanks. I needed that. But I'm able to share what God's given me with somebody else when they need it. Right? It's something that is not just for me. And if he's beating himself up and I see that and I know what it's like to be there and I don't share that, I'm not helping him out at all. I'm letting him be out on a limb by himself. And that's why it's so important for us as believers to be able to share and help each other out. Now, Jesus highlights why it's important for those around him to be sharing um, in the word so freely in Mark uh, 4.26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seeds on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kennel in the head. As soon as the, ri uh, as, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So just keep that up there for a little bit. So, talking about... As the word of God is spread, as we are living our life, we're spreading this grain. We're spreading it out, right? That's, that's us spreading what God's given us right there. Just imagine yourself walking through life like that, okay? Because guess what? 
the farmer isn't looking where he's throwing it. He might be walking on the path and throwing it out there. But guess what? Some seeds are going to go at his feet, right? Some are going to go farther, some are going to go close. Some are going to land in thorny stuff. Some's going to land in rocky stuff. Some of it's going to land in the best soil possible. But the amazing thing is, for us, all we are in charge and all we're supposed to do is just spread the word. <laughs> and uh, really, it's important you can put this next point up there. Um, there it is. There you go. There you go. Our role is to share, not make things grow. We can't make someone have grow in their faith in God. Period. You can't. You won't. Ever. You can share God and be live out your faith as much as you want, and it might affect other people. But you and myself, anybody, cannot make somebody else's faith grow stronger for them. I can't grow your faith for you. Period. That's why I encourage you guys on your own to get in the Bible. Because as much as I can teach you here, it's on you. And as we're living, you might think, oh man, God wants me to share with other people. What if they don't accept it? Okay, who cares? <laughs> it's not your job to make them accept it. All you're doing is spreading the seed. And where that seed lands is where it's going to sprout up from. And guess what? Like the farmer who doesn't control or know how that seed actually grows, it's going to sprout up on its own if it's in good soil. So a lot of that, you know, there's like a kind of Christian term. You might hear it in church a lot. They're like, oh, a seed was planted. Or maybe you're, you're planting seeds. You never know what you're doing. You might have planted a seed in their life. Or like when we're doing mission work, you might say, hey, why, you know, we're not evangelizing the people. They're like, yeah, but we're planting seeds in the community. You might hear that, all right? comes from this kind of idea that as we're going and as we're doing stuff, there's a, a, a grain or a little seed of God's goodness, God's grace, God's love, the awareness of God that we are spreading to others. And sometimes people are going to see what we're doing and be like, what the heck are those weird people doing? All right, I'm going to go live my life. And other people are going to be like, I kind of want to do that. And they go and do it, and they're like, this sucks. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of that rocky. They're like, they sprout up, and they're like, that's great. And then as soon as they realize what it actually is, they don't want it. They think it's a good thing, but they don't actually want it. And other people, they can see it. They accept it. They want to be a part of it. And then other things come up in their life, and God isn't as much of a priority in their life anymore. And other people are like, Dude, I'm good. It's hard. Yeah, the sun shines. Sometimes it's really hard to keep the faith, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep living. But all our goal is, all our role is to do, is to share. We can't make anything grow. But we are charged in our role and our responsibility as Christians is to share God's word. All right? Now, Jesus moves on to highlight that even the smallest seed blossoms. To something we might not ever expect. It says, again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So, Jesus used the example. You might have like a tiny, tiny little bit of seed. You might be like the seed you might be throwing and planting in people's life might be the smallest little thing. It doesn't have to be these massive, big movements of like I'm sitting and talking about the Bible with some random dude who's an atheist and hates me. It doesn't have to be that intense, all right? It could literally just be like showing love and being joyful and encouraging to the people you're interacting with. And it might literally be like, what the heck's up with, you know, like Emma? Why is she like so happy? What the heck? <laughs> and it's like, it sounds kind of weird. True. But like, and I'm telling you guys, like I didn't live the best faithful life when I was in high school, but I've been told later by friends of mine, years later, <laughs> that even though I thought I was like really, really far gone. I was still, I was like very, I was in a very thorny place in my life. I had the word of God. I loved the Lord. I was sprouting for him. 
but I got choked out by my own desires in the world around me. But it was amazing to hear that even in that season of me struggling in my faith and not really living it out, God still used me in that season to bless other people, to point them, to give them encouragement. One of my friends, you know, shared with me that it was like, they're like a light in the darkness that I was for them. And they didn't have anybody else. And I was like, dude, I was a jerk. I don't know what you're talking about. I was selfish and prideful and living in sin in every aspect of my life. And yet God used me despite that. Not because he's okay with it, but because God's awesome. And he uses even the worst things to bless others. So you never know what effect us living on our faith can have and how important it can be for somebody else. And lastly, that leads us to the end of Mark 4, which is actually the end of the day. So all of this is like the end of chapter 2, all of chapter 3, and all of chapter 4 are technically, when we're looking at this, all in one day. That's a long day. That's a long day, son. Yeah. So, yeah, so when you read it all the way through, guys, you see Jesus did this, and he went to this place, and he's talking to these people, and then he went to the lake, and then he did this. And then it talks about, and then at the end of the day, you're like, holy cow. Yeah, but guess what? Like John, the Gospel of John talks about that like if we were to fill up books of all the miracles Jesus did, we would never have enough books. That's how many miracles and things that Jesus did in the here on earth. But we only get four books of it, which is crazy. But this is a perfect example. Like two and a half chapters is just one day of what Jesus did, right? So anyway, so looking at Mark 4, 33 through 31, at the end of the day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the wave broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, Jesus has already done a lot of miracles. And... All these guys have been right next to him when he's been doing it. He's already chosen his disciples. He chose the specific 12 that are his guys. And there's a whole crowd of other dudes that are all following him. And all these people, they're in the boats with him. And they then all of a sudden, they see him calm the waves and the wind. And they're like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? It doesn't really make sense. Like They, they still do not understand. And that brings us back to our, our first point, is the fact that just because you know what Jesus has done doesn't mean you understand what he's doing. It's just having a knowledge and being near and having an awareness of something doesn't mean you truly know it and understand it. And that's a perfect example. The disciples have been with him this entire time, and yet... After getting all these teachings and all these parables and seeing all these miracles, they still don't get it. They don't understand that Jesus is God in the flesh. They, they have no feasible idea, even after all of this. And so that's why it's so important that I'm talking to you guys. Is that, you know, if we think, oh, I, I'm around church enough, or I sing enough worship songs, or... I know enough parts of the Bible that I'm, I'm okay. If you think that you've got enough to get you by, you're not in a good place. <laughs> because you're never going to know everything about the Bible. You're never going to know everything about God. And any of the things that you think you know, God's probably going to have to teach you later on. Just like he did for me. Because God is so infinite that you can study and look at the Bible and pray and meditate every single day of your life and you would never come close to fully understanding God. And that's why I encourage you guys, the more we go to Him, the more we're going to get from Him. 
the more we go to God and put our faith in him, the more he honors that faithfulness. The more he shows up. And it's not going to always be in these amazing, dramatic ways. Sometimes it's truly understanding the lesson that he's trying to teach you. And that one lesson might take years for you to fully grasp. Because you might know it, but until you understand it, it's a whole different story. And that's why when we're thinking about trying to be like good soil, right? I want to be in the good soil. I want to be somebody who is living in good soil, being receptive and fruitful for God, right? But if we want to be good soil that's receptive to God's word, that's growing and producing for God, we must be humble and receptive to God. We must be humble and receptive to God. Those are two important things. When you're humble, you're not thinking you know too much. You're not thinking, I already know that. And when you're receptive, even if you've already heard it, you're taking it in and realizing, maybe there's something I don't know. And that again is supported back to humility. But if we're prideful and we think, yeah, I already know that. I'm going to dismiss that. Then we're not going to be in good soil. We're going to end up losing out on the wisdom of God. And so it's important for each of us, if we want to grow in our relationship with God, and as we're reading his word, we need to be humble. We need to, even if it's a passage you've read a thousand times, say, God, what are you teaching me? What is it that you're trying to get me to understand and know? And be receptive. Listen for what God is teaching us. Because when we're humble and we're receptive, God moves in a powerful way. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just um, are so grateful to be able to be gathered here today, um, looking at your word and looking at just even just one day in your life. You did so, so much for so many people and you taught so many things. We didn't even get a lesson of all the things you taught that day, Lord. This is just a few parables out of one day of your life here on earth. And you are ministering for three straight years, day and night. God, you have so much for us. And Lord, let us not be caught in the sin of pride, thinking we already know or that we've already heard that, or we don't need that. Jesus, let us be humble and receptive because just because we know something doesn't necessarily mean we understand it. And God, if we want to share and share freely, we need to be receptive to what you have for us. Lord, we just thank you so much for your patience and your like understanding for us, <laughs> knowing that we like to go ahead of you. Lord, let us be led by your spirit one step at a time, one day at a time, where you want us to go, what you want us to do. Let us be rooted in your word. Let us be understanding that it's going to take time. And God, we ask that you would use us in our life to reach others and plant seeds that we may never fully see. But we just want to be faithful to you. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And there you have it, guys. A little bit of a longer lesson, obviously, uh, with a lot of passages we read through and kind of quickly trying to go through things, uh, but mostly just obviously focusing a lot on the parable of the seeds and being able to be faithful in sharing the word, being faithful in continuing on and growing deeper in the word and uh, continuing our relationship with the Lord as much as we can. So hope you guys have been blessed by this. Um, hope you guys are enjoying your day or your evening, uh, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. And just pray that you would continue to be a light into the world uh, whenever and wherever you are.